Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. to say good morning to people around you as you please take your seats this morning. You heal my disease. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, everyone online. Welcome to Lighthouse Nigeria uh, God Experience Service. Uh, we, we're glad to have you join our service today. Thank you for being part of this experience today. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Very popular scripture. Jeremiah 29. I read from verse 11 to 14 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Said, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Can we read this? Uh, in the Amplified Classic, please. No, um, let's read from verse 11. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me. And I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations and all the places to which I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. NLT please. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
Their plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortune. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your homeland. I preached this morning on what I titled, Following God's Plan. Following God's Plan. God has a plan for our lives. You know, it's interesting in the season that we live in uh, to please note we don't have time to play around anymore. We can't even play church. We can't play Christianity. We don't have time. There is an agenda. There is a plan. There is a purpose that God has for our lives. And when I begin to talk this morning, because when we preacher begins to talk along this line, people automatically zero their minds to being called into ministry. No, that's not what I'm talking about. The fact that you and I are alive on planet Earth today, in spite of all the global happenings, it means God has an agenda for your life. He has an agenda for my life. And we must be sensitive to this agenda. So this morning, uh, I believe the Lord, just an extension of what we started last week Sunday, will help us to see and put things in perspective. So we live in that season. The Bible refers to these times as the last days. And the things that will happen, according to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, that we characterize the last day are already happening. But I dare say to you this morning that I believe because of the current trend of global events, I believe that these are the last of the last days. People are confused. They are confused about their agenda. They are confused about their purpose. They are confused about the reason why they live. They are confused about God. They are confused about even the family that they belong to. So in the midst of these things, the Bible speaks to you and I, who are believers in Christ, that what is our posture? Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 16. What is our own posture? Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Let's read from verse 15. And we read till 20. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Can we read it from NLT, please? That same verses, those same verses. 
from verse 15. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live as fools. Like those, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. So, our posture, because these days is full of shocking discoveries. Every day we discover things in our world. Every day, the way we live, things change on the canvas of our civilization. And what is the posture of the believer in all these things? To buy up this time. To redeem the time. To buy up opportunity. Opportunity to be a blessing. Opportunity to, to mentor someone. Opportunity to disciple someone. Opportunity to teach, opportunities to learn that days are evil. Like the Bible says it, darkness covers the heart, gross darkness the people. But he says to you and I, he said, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen over you. So, this is the last day. What is our responsibility to preach the gospel? Matthew 24, 14. That's the only thing that is delaying the coming back of the Lord Jesus. He said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. In Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, is still our great heartbeat. He said, and Jesus spoke, came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. There is something you and I know as we speak at this moment. We know with something to speak to a troubled soul after there. We know something to be able to give divine direction to someone. We know something to bring restoration to people's families. Say, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So there is a call in following God's plan for our lives. There is a call in the spirit as we speak. A call to personal consecration. A call. A call to personal consecration. A call in the spirit to free yourself from anything and everything that has or will head you back in whatever form or fashion. A call in the spirit to be free from the distractions. A call in the spirit to be free from besetting sins. A call into the spirit to be free from everything that is convenient to our flesh. And to let Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, be our utmost highest drive. 
and desire. There is a call to personal consecration. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand therefore, that's the call, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made you and I free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to 13, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. Put on. Not to play church. Put on. Not to play Christianity. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise of the devil in this day that we live. For we do not wrestle. We are wrestling. But it's just that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. The Bible calls it spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up. Take up. Take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. These are the evil days. I'm not saying that to catch your attention or to pull your attention, but these are the evil days. These are the evil days. Diseases are on the increase. Denier of God is on the increase. Uh, people, I mean, you can read these things. Signs huh? in First Timothy, in Second Timothy, they are there. But he said, having done all to stand, for you and I, we should stand. So there is a call for personal consecration. There is a call to put childish things away and put premium on the essentials. Our foremost priority as believers in Christ is our personal intimacy with God. Nothing else. Your personal intimacy with God. Nothing else. Your personal intimacy with God. Nothing else. Your personal is hard to say, but that is it. It's key to every other thing. Your personal intimacy with God. That is where the premium is. Your personal intimacy with God. That's your foremost priority. That's your foremost desire. Please understand, even though making money seems to be a laudable affection, we all go after. But hey, your personal intimacy with God, that is the priority. If you get it right, making money becomes cheap. If you get it right, you won't be under any pressure. I'm saying this morning, we need to reappraise and follow God's plan for our lives. God has a plan in your career path. God has a plan in, in your church. God has a plan in your duty and service to God and humanity. You must understand it. Making money is secondary. The primary thing is your personal intimacy with God. God is our foremost priority. Please understand. To understand true essence of living, we need to make God that priority. We need to tame the monster that distracts us. Everyone knows where you are this morning. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
some people's motivation in and out is just money. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 21, if you can give us in the NLT, I will appreciate it. Say, so teach those who are rich in this world. So it's, God is not saying we should not be rich. But he said, teach them that we will not be proud and trust our trust is in God. It's not in money. It's priority check. And we need to always put it as premium. Our trust is in God, not in money. Not in money. He said not to trust in their money. He didn't say God's money. He said it's their own money because they have shifted their, their source to themselves. My hands and my might has made this. He said their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Verse 19, 18. He said tell them to use money to do good. And I'm telling you this morning, whatever as we I mean, in this season of life, I say in this season of life because it's the last days. Use your money to do good. Be rich in good works. Be generous to those who are in need. Be ready to share with others. Verse 19. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So there is life that we have in God. Verse 20 said, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless and foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Verse 21 says, some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. And there are many of such foolishness online. May God's grace be with you all. So there is a call for personal consecration. A call to put childish things away. A call to put premium on what it is important. And the priority should be God first. God first. God first. Secondly, your family. Your family. Nuclear family. Nuclear family. Your family. Thirdly, other people. That's how to follow the plan of God. And then every other thing that you, matters to you as an individual. First is God. Second, your family. Third, other people. Fought every other thing that matters to you. You see, when you make this priority, brother, sister, what you are technically saying or ultimately saying is a goodbye and clean divorce from fear, from anxiety, from self pity, from depression, from societal induced pressure of unhealthy comparison, competitions which usually led or has led many to the various psychosomatic illnesses we see around us today. It is okay to be ambitious, but your ambition must stem from God, in God, in God. Let him give you the reason to live. Let him give you. This is prophetic this morning, but I believe God is preparing each and every one of us for the days ahead of us, for the days and years ahead of us. There is pain in our world. 
But God wants us to put priority where it matters. Our priority is not just in making money. A lot of people say, I will make money, then I will come and serve God. It's already too late. It's misplaced priority. You will be held down in fear, in anxiety, in depression. Sicknesses and diseases will enter your space. But the premium priority is God first. Your family, if you are married, your wife, your children. If you are not, your family, your nucleus family. If you don't have any, where God has planted you, your family, and then every other person, and then every other thing that matters to you. Some people is their car, some people is their houses, some people is every other thing. That is how to follow God's plan. It is what God says to you, that's what helps you to be able to manage every other area. That's why I say, if you can reappraise and make this adjustment, it is goodbye to fear. It is goodbye to disappointment. It is divorce, complete divorce from depression, unhealthy comparisons, competition. You are who God says you are. You are not your clothes. You are not your car. You are who God says you are. And the earlier we all understand this and prove the premium where it is, the better. So that we can see God as we run through these last days. Putting premium on God and serving him wholeheartedly, he has a reward. And what does that reward say? Is in total peace, total prosperity, total wealth, total protection, total preservation. And David gives us an insight into it. Psalm 23. Let's read from um, Amplified Classic. Let's read from NLT. Let's read from the message. The six verses there. The six verses there. Psalm 23. When we follow, when we follow God, that's, that's, there is a reward. He said, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. He said, I shall not lack. But it won't cross my mind because I know that he's my shepherd. He's there to feed me. Lack will not cross my mind. Because why? Every day, as I acknowledge him in all my way, he makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the path of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect, your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cups runs over. Surely, or only, goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. It's complete divorce. 
from disappointment, from depression. When you put the premium on God that way, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quite quiet pool to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even though, even when the way goes through death valley, I am not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cups brim with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. One more translation. The Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Priority, God, our families, all the people, and then the things that matters to us. This is the right time to shape up, my friends. This is the right time to get serious about serving God and his purpose in your generation and become everything that he has designed you and I to be. This is the time to put premium on becoming sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your daily walk. This is the time to be committed to God's plan and purposes for your life and pursue it all through. I may not know yours in details. That's why we are we read this morning. He said, you will pray unto me and ask. And he said, I will answer. There is a purpose of God over every life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. NIV says, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. There are things God has prepared in advance to you, for you and I to walk in. To walk in, to walk in. You are not just here uh, to just mark the days. You are not just here to make money. You are here for a higher purpose. So that when you are making the money, you can divert it to that higher purpose. I mean, one of our patriarchs of faith caught a glimpse of heaven. And he said he was so surprised because he lost his sister at that time. So he was looking for comfort. And he, he, he saw... He got caught up and saw his sister. And the first thing the sister told uh, him was that, don't feel bad for yourself, that you couldn't help me through those challenges. 
said, but now I'm in a better place. He said that one thing that he noticed is that the people up there, they're not even bothered about who get the new car or the new houses. That's not the parity. Heaven rejoices only one thing. Jesus gave us an insight into it. They rejoice over a soul that is saved, a soul that is blessed. So, a soul that we visit while they were in prison, a soul, a, 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 a hungry person that we feed, those are the things that matters to the heart of God. Whether you ride a new car or you don't ride a new car, you are not, I mean, God is not, that's not his parity. But God rejoices. So, if your new car will take you to where souls are, God rejoices in that. Do you understand me this morning? Did you understand me this morning? So, if what you have will help us to have a good concert to people at Goko, to people at Sungeri, if what you have will help us to feed the IDP people, then everyone is interested in that. Heaven is interested in the soul. The project called man, that's the heaven's project. The man that was created in the image and in the likeness of God. So, whatever we do, let's see that we are following that plan. For every business opportunity is an opportunity to touch someone. For everyone you meet on your career, it's an opportunity to influence them for the kingdom of God. And that's what matters. And you see, if you ask God, he said, when you seek me, you find me. When you have sought me with all your heart, God will help you to convert the platform of opportunities that he's given to you to pursue his plan through that platform. As a school teacher, is beyond the salary. It's molding generation, molding generation, molding the future. The governor, the president, the change agent, the change way makers in the society. We are molding. That A for Apple, B for Ball, you are molding, you are molding, you are molding. And when we begin to see these things this way, then we can do things better. Being in that white uniform or blue as a nurse and attending to a pregnant woman which need, who needs clear, it is you are helping someone to bring birth into new life. It's more than Naira, cover. It's more than pound sterling, dollar, euro, yen. It's more than the currency of this world. I love that song. Above all, above all the seven or eight wonders and all other wonders the world will ever know. That you were here before the world began. You were here. Brother, sister, see, the economy of Nigeria is not about to get better, but you can get better. I'm not prophesying, but that's the reality. It's a global trend. Canada is in trouble as we speak. Accommodation is a problem. UK is in trouble. They are changing the law, everything. There are many laws that is not on gov.uk anymore. But that they are applying because they realize they can't contain that pressure anymore. But he said, when you and I see these things, that's why you need to follow his plan. Otherwise, the things that are breaking them down can break you down. When he said, when you begin to see these things, he said, look up your eyes, for your own redemption comes near. There is a solution in the midst of our challenges. We need to learn how to put God first. Follow his plan for our lives. 
Thank God for all the testimonies, the ones you will still share, and then you will continue to share. But the truth is that the soul of man is the number one testimony. There are many societal-induced pressure, unhealthy comparison that is pervaded. The competition, you can see it everywhere. You see, he said, wherever you see peace, that's where God is. Wherever you see chaos, God is not in it. God, he said, those who compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So it means comparison is evil. See, I believe the way God has done this morning is to bring this message to us. So in Jeremiah 29, um, if you read the whole context, Jeremiah, in the midst of people who are in captivity, in captivity, he spoke these words to the Jew. They've been living under the domination of the Egyptians and then the Babylonian empires. They were carried into exile from Jerusalem. It's just like a typical thing that is happening in around us, in the nations of the world. These people at that time, because they knew God, they were discouraged. And they thought that God had forgotten them. They thought there was no hope for them. By saying, I know the plans I have for you. Just like he's saying to us as Nigerians who are in Nigerians at this time, God has a plan for his people here. God has a plan for our nation. God has a plan to raise nation movers, shakers, restorers, bridge builders. God has a plan. And I believe, just like he told Isaiah, who shall we send? That's still the heart cry of God. God wants to nudge your heart. He wants to nudge my heart to occupy spaces for him. God wants us to bring the solution to the problems that is around us. So, Jeremiah had to speak like I'm speaking to you this morning. God has a plan for our nation, but God has a plan for you as an individual. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan not to bring you into a place of disaster, but to give you a hope and a future. So, when God says he has a plan, he was reassuring his people that their faith in him will be rewarded. People have lost, are beginning to lose hope. You, you hear this thing. Some people are blaspheming against God. And you know, they always bring up this argument that they don't pray in Singapore, they don't pray in all those places. Do you know the rate of suicide in Singapore? Do you know what people are confronting, human problems? Just because you see pictures of skyscrapers, do you know the emptiness behind those skyscrapers? Do you know how people have lost courage to live? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no order. Therapy does. People relapse in therapy. It's just to help people recover. But we find out that the percentage of people who actually recover, they are still small, comparable to people. There's a new mix. Is it shellers or what's, what's that new mix now? It's dangerous. They mix colors. They mix all these things together in a drink. They call it kushis or whatever they call it. See, when people can't think right in their right senses, they devise things. And that mix, I mean, they, they, they found it out. 
is a direct impact on your liver. And addiction, the good, the, the, the good thing about addiction is that don't start. So people are not satisfied with marijuana. They are not satisfied with loud colors and all these things anymore. So they have a way to mix it together. Science students. And you see, this new drink, eh? they said once you start taking it, you just feel happy. You're just happy. So when you realize, when people realize that they are not happy anymore, another shot. I read yesterday, and the man was doing advocacy. I just realized that I didn't see him around the music scene for some time. So he wrote that he's back. But he said something that was very instructive. He said, watch your association. He said, because I just visited some friends, and they were taking something, and I just had a taste of it, and that was what took me out of sin. He said, he got to a point he was practically spending 1.5 million era every day to feed that addiction. And so his music career went flat. Say, but he's back. And people commented. I said, not many people came back. We are glad you are back. That's the world we live in. I'm not talking about Singapore. I'm talking about Lagos, Nigeria. You know, sometimes when we say this thing, Christians, we say, not me, not me, not me. There are things that are happening. Life is happening to everyday people. That's why our own focus to be on the souls of men. When we focus on the souls of men, the things that people are running after, we begin to chase after us. This is the right time to shape up, friend. We must prepare ourselves, even at this time, to obey his instruction. And when we choose that way, whatever it is, demons in hell cannot stand and cannot hinder the promises from coming to pass in our life. Nothing will be able to distract us or detract us or offset his agenda when we choose God. And that's the, that's the message this morning. I, I round it up now. When we choose God, we choose him above all other things. Our utmost is for the highest is for the highest. Let's read something together today. And I believe this scripture will say to us, if, if you want to go and meditate all through this week on this scripture, please go so that you are not anxious anymore. You are not disappointed anymore. Isaiah 49 verses 14 to 16. If you can give us in, in about three to four translations, I will appreciate it. This is one of those scriptures that personally set me free. He said, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Is that not the cry of people? He said, but God now asks a question. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? It's possible. It's possible because we have seen it done in our days. He said, I have no compassion on the child that she has born. It's possible. We have seen that happen in our day. But God is saying, though she may forget, though she may forget, but me, I will not forget you. Verse 16, see, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. 
Your walls are ever before me. Ask yourself that question today. Whatever it is that has brought anxiety to your heart, that's brought trouble to you, that brought unrest to you, it stops in this service today. You are not wearing that garment back home. No, read, it, read to 17 first. Read to 17. Send your children hasten back. Those who laid you waste will depart from you. Let's now read another translation. It's 14 to 17. But Zion said, can we read together? One, two, three, go. There is joy in hearing us read the Bible. He said, till I come, give attention to reading. I have what? Tattooed. Tattooed. I don't know what the house has called us temporary one. But it still endures. If you want to understand what tattoo is, and you still have your grandmother, go and check her out. See, it's usually here. My own grandmother, it goes from here to here. And it's designed. And they have meaning. I have tattooed. God says, I put you on the palm of my hands. On the palms of my hands. And your affairs... Your walls, your going out and coming in, your being in Nigeria at this time, even though you are looking for Grenada passport. <laughs> your sitting and rising. Your steps. Even before you make up your prayer points. That's where we are. And you see, the interesting thing that has happened to many of us is that this God is the last person we approach on the details of our lives. We need to follow his plans. There's no need running elsewhere anymore. There's no need. We don't have time. At least I can tell you, I don't have time to my age. Some of you may still have. I don't. So is it that God or nothing else? No alternative, no option B. Even if I want to relocate, assuming I want to relocate, it's God that I, is there. Abi? You see, this relocation, the last thing people talk about is God. No. He's your shepherd. He's your shepherd. In that career path, before you make what you consider as a career move, did you ask? He knows. He knows what is that. He knows the company that we fold up in six months' time. He knows it. He knows it. He knows what will happen five years from now in that your career path. He knows it. We can't live without him. I don't know how people live without God. I'm sorry. But that's the reality. Even if I'm not a preacher, I, since I came to that point of realization, I cannot live without him. I've tried many things in my life, but I've simply, wisdom demands that the few things that I've tried with him and has worked, wisdom demands that that is the right trajectory. Please, brothers, sisters, this is the thing. See, things are difficult. Five things I want to just quickly tell you. 
they are difficult, but in the days that is ahead of us, these are five things you can learn from. Number one, run your race. Run your race. Hebrews 12, 1, talking about, you see, this race that we are running, there are cloud of witnesses. They are looking down at us. They are looking at how we are running. Hebrews 12, 1 says, we are surrounded. You know, the race is like, what I mean, in, in, in those days, in that culture, that's where the idea, the Grecian culture, where they are entertained. They are entertaining what is regarded to their stadium. So people share other people on. There are people who are sharing us on today. The people who have gone ahead of us. If you look at Hebrews 11, it talks about it, the heroes of faith. They are sharing us on. So run your race in God. Run it in God. In the world as we speak, according to 1 Corinthians 14.10, there are many sons in the world. None is meaningless hope. You can be hearing the sound of the devil and the Joneses, and then you follow. It's trending, but it's a way that leads to a way of destruction. There are voices. People allow other people to control their lives without the great shepherd speaking to them. Some people believe the voices of CNN, BBC as the authentic voice than the Holy Ghost. Some people take everything they read in newspapers. Some people take everything that they read. I won't tell you the exact news channel. I was so surprised. I read something this week that even though, you know, there was an ongoing war in the Middle East, there is a particular reporter who reports for a particular channel in the day, but in the night, he carries gun to fight against. No, it's things that... I can't believe everything because everything that you see is not true, especially in this world. They are temporal things. They fade away. The authentic voice is the authentic voice of the Holy Spirit. So run your own race in God. Every one of us, we give our account of ourselves to God. Secondly, this morning, consistently maintain a spirit-filled life. If there is a day and an hour that you need to ensure that, it is now. A spirit-filled life. You must be able to discern. You must. You must be able to discern things. Romans 12.10 is so clear. 12.10 and 11. It says we should maintain. It says not slothful in business, fervent in the spirit, serving the law. The Bible talks about this fervency. It says be kind of, verse 11 is where I'm going. So it says keep a glow. Keep the glow of the spirit. Keep the glow. Keep the glow. You know, in our usage of words, there are beauty products. They say we are glowing. But I'm also saying to you, in addition to glowing to your body, be a glow in the spirit. Be a glow. Let it be visible. I mean, if you are glowing, it's visible. Be filled, not with wine, which is to dissipation, but be filled, being, being filled. It's a continual state. Be filled with the Spirit. Consistently ensure that. Say, speaking to yourself in Psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Number three, consecration to God's plan. We should consecrate ourselves. It's not something we hear. But hey, consecrate your heart to obey. God is not going to force you. Consecrate yourself to God's plan. 
Consecrate yourself. God is not going to force anyone. He's not. If you want to stand, follow him, he gives you grace. So consecrate yourself. And then to obey and to follow. It's one thing to obey. It's another thing to follow. In Acts 13, 34, the Bible talks about David. He served God in this generation. So consecrate. 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 Acts 13, I think, if not 34, it should be 30. What now? He served God in his generation. He slept with his father. Yeah, 36. Thank you. He saw no corruption. Number four, learn to be daily taught and spirit-led. Learn that this is the season. These are happening. These are happening. People are losing it. But learn. Learn it. You can learn it. Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. So learn to be daily Spirit-taught and Spirit-led. Spirit-taught and Spirit-led. Spirit-taught and Spirit-led. You can't live by logic only. It will fail. The harms of flesh will fail. So, James did I say James? Proverbs 20, 27. And then number five today, learn to be daily led by the Spirit, to be daily Spirit-taught and Spirit-led. Romans 8, 14, 16, Proverbs 20, 27. And then the last one for today, follow the way of love. Follow it. That's what to do at this time. Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. People are becoming more hostile on our roads. There's so much aggression. There's so much curses. People are, are now easy. I mean, the, 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 the threshold has become thinner. People are aggressive. Please, you can't follow people into aggression. You don't know what they are. You don't know the state. You can put someone today and they fall down and die. You'll be charged for manslaughter. Follow the way of love. You don't have to respond to every accusation. Especially if they are not even true. Follow the way of love. Follow the way. Love is patient. First Corinthians 13. Love is kind. That's the nature that we have. Love overcomes multitude of shortcomings. People say, oh, no, 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 no. All these love messages. There is no other way to live. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. That is the way of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. So, your love work, it will deliver you from death. If you deliver you from sin, it will deliver you from, uh, even when people plan against you, because you are a man, it will, it's that righteousness delivers from death. I don't want to go into that. There's one scripture that I have kept in years. When you are walking in love, even if there is death, eh, that is a mark for you, God put a replacement for you. It's there in the Bible. I can give you as an assignment. So when I say I can't die cheaply, that's the, the bottom part that I'm talking from. His message endures forever. And it has happened to me many times. Sometimes I drive, I leave a spot, two minutes after they do robbery. Sometimes it's five minutes before. 
said he will put someone to replace you. And of course, you know that it's the devil who is motivating whoever is doing that thing. So it has to be one of his children that he will, he will push forward for sacrifice. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. May the Lord continually bless and increase you. We need to follow God's plan for our lives. Eh? Let's not do church. We have a reason to be here. We have a reason. I don't want to scare you, but in the last few days, I, 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 in the last few weeks, few days, I've lost people closer to me who are not sick at all. So, the best place to be is in the center of God's plan for your life. For your life. For your life. The last person who passed was talking. Was talking to, I mean, in the bathroom, talking to her husband. And then she laughed. And after some time, the husband said, Ah, you abuse people that they stay longer in the toilet. So what are you still doing in the toilet? Open the door. Met her on the toilet seat. She's gone. Gone. Gone for into eternity. But hey, that's how this life is. That's, it's flimsy. It's a vapor. So we can't afford to be, to be busy. Hey, 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 hey. It's happening there. Have, let it be streamlined in God. Let it be. Each day you wake up, you are alive to God's purpose for your generation. That's, that's my heartbeat. I just happen to be a preacher. Every day, people come across me. I leave them blessed. If I'm not a preacher, it's still going to be the same. I won't stay where they are trying to kill people. I won't stay where they are trying to finish people at work. I won't stay where they are doing letter writing to finish other people. You can't find me there. You can't find me in any meeting that says we want to discuss a particular person. I, I'll get up. I, I can't. So, I have, I mean, sometimes you, when you live that way, people blame you for you don't, you are not smart, you are not, it's good. I want to be smart God's way. Because the people I worked with yesterday who are smart or smarter, I know where they are today. So I can't, I can't, I know where they are. So please understand it. The believer's life eh, is a life that is rooted in God's plan. And it is our individual responsibility to find out what these plans are. Like I said, it's not a call into ministry. It's just a call to live, to live your life in consonant to the plan and the purpose of God. And then you are daily pursuing it to a place of completion such that whenever we close our eyes, to see our master, we can boldly say like Paul, I have finished, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my own course. <laughs> I mean, what is left for me is that crown of righteousness uh, that is stored, not just for me, but for all those who follow him in that dimension. Let's stand on our feet today. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2-3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. 
For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthouseng.org for more.